This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. got a couple of questions this week the first one coming in by email hola to my favorite three people in the horror community oh i am gonna i'm gonna not be self-deprecating and just say thank you my instinct oh, there was to go super self-deprecating and i'm not going right. to not today oh that's growth we love it yeah it's lalo from mexico again this time around with the recent release of winnie the pooh blood and honey and the announcement of not one but two horror spins on cinderella i want two okay well i'm sure it was in the news that i forgot already (laughs) what children's story would you like to see adapted into horror personally i would like to see a horror version of alice in wonderland once again thank you for such a good podcast you make my commute to work every wednesday more enjoyable lots of love lalo oh thanks so much lalo glad we can help Um, I, this is the first time I read the question. So Zena, what do you, th- sure. <laughs> don't make I me mean, think fast. Not today. <laughs> there are so many awesome children's stories, um, mm. that I feel like will be great, but immediately what came to mind, cause I'm just going to just share one, the giving trees. So basically oh, that's the one with God. the kid. Yeah. I mean, come on. Oh. I totally see kind of it being like the guardian because it was like an evil tree with a face sucking on the face of babies. So, well, the yeah. giving tree is almost horror in itself. I, to you this know, day, if I read it, I will just start bawling. Kid, he just got greedy. You know, he just kept on asking and asking, you know what? The tree is sick of him and people like him. So I'd like to see that. It could be a could it could be a movie. It could be a miniseries. Like I'm open. That is an interesting take on the giving tree. <laughs> Sick of that boy. Ah. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Megan? I went weird with this a little mm. bit. Um, do you remember those books from? They still have them, but the like, Golden Spine little kids. Books. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I have some. So there was one that I had as a kid that was called the snoring monster. And it was Mm. about this little boy who tried, he was trying to go to sleep, but he kept seeing 
monsters in his room on the rug or in the closet or whatever and he'd go get his dad and his dad would come in and be like no you're just seeing things and turn the light on it'd be closed or whatever and the book ended with the dad giving him cinnamon toast before putting him back to bed and it was really sweet but i want a version where there are monsters sure yeah monsters make everything better they do. They do. And that's kind of my thing. Like, we're familiar with Alice in Wonderland, although I do think mm-hmm. that there could be, like, an American McGee, you know, horror video game, like, but make a movie of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we've seen Cinderella. We've seen a lot of the fairy tales. So go deep. Give me give me a deep cut. Let's go. That was good. Uh, that I was trying to go through. I was like, Rumpelstiltskin, but I'm positive Rumpelstiltskin's been made into a horror. Oh movie. yeah, I haven't seen it. I, I yeah, feel like I remember. It's a good time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not, you can look up, look it up. You'll see Rumpelstiltskin, uh, the monster on a motorcycle. So you oh, know you need so this movie cool. in your life. All right. Then I started thinking. Did you ever read Frog and Toad? Frog uh, and Toad were basically it was like Bert and Ernie, but it was Frog and Toad. It was like two like imp- Mr. Toad's Wild Ride type thing, The Wind in the Willows. Uh, it might have been associated with the wind and the wheels i can't remember but i remember there was one story where i think frog has like a dream where he can't find toad but it's like super dramatic and panicky and like the way the artwork is like i remember reading that as a kid and being like i don't like this story and this isn't what i want the other one i was thinking one of my favorites from growing up and this will be a deep cut question if i ever appear on hot ones that they can drop on me like where did you hear that who told you that that would be, uh, there was this old book called, are you my mommy? And it's about this uh, little bird that falls out of a tree and it keeps going around to all like a cat and a dog and a cow and a horse. And then eventually he goes up to like, uh, like a crane and like, he says like, are you my mommy? And the crane responds by saying snort. And me and my brother growing up, we called all construction vehicles because of that book. We called them all snorts. Like, hey, I want to play with the snorts now. So I want to take that precious childhood memory of mine and make it horribly evil. And kind of do like, uh, uh, what what was the um, the graveyard book, Neil Gaiman, where you basically have the, the baby wandering around not knowing what to do. There you go. Do it with that. Have a baby just wandering through the streets looking for its mom. Oh, my God. I just got sad. I made myself sad. That's going to be a very tough sell. Miserable children alone story. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to, I'll ask Tom Six how he got human centipede financed. (laughs) So (laughs) there you go. I can see that happening. I think people are, these days, they've been pushing the envelope. So I don't know. I feel like if you had like a good, like, cast attached to it, I see it happening. The cast is John as a dead body (laughs) in the background. That's Uh, it. The rest writes itself. Like, all you need, I am the cornerstone right there. Dead body number one. Dead body number two. I don't want to get too full of myself. Second question comes in via email as well. What are some good horror movies that could actually happen? Hmm. As this is also the first time I've read this one, I will defer to Megan for an answer. Too many. So many, honestly. I feel like you could take a lot of slashers and home invasion movies, and they could be in the real world. Um, but usually my default for this is either The Vanishing mm. or Sleep Tight. Um, yeah. 
Both are excellent. I feel like the Van- Vanishing is more well-known because the same filmmaker remade it in English with Jeff Bridges. Okay, that's what I was wondering if you were talking about the Jeff Bridges one, yeah. I was talking about the original. Okay. The the remake with Jeff Bridges is not nearly as good, so kind of skip that. But if, uh, if you've seen both or one or the other, then Sleep Tight is always my default because mm. that is... Um, a movie I've talked about before, and it is kind of a twist on the home invasion. Um, I watched this when I was a like living alone in an apartment, and this is about this really miserable guy who wants everybody else to be miserable, and a new tenant moves in, and she's just so perky and happy, and he wants to make her miserable, so he keeps sneaking into her apartment at night, and it just gets more and more skin-crawlingly messed up that it genuinely gave me the skivvies. So I feel like that one is plausible. Nice. Yeah, I, that kind of made me think like Buried. It was, it was called Buried, right? With Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. where he's yeah. buried alive, yeah. and that's just like him through the whole movie. That's ha- that has happened. You know that's happened. Yeah. Like there are people that uh, sadly and terrifyingly that's absolutely happened. But I would have to say Scream 3, the most plausible of all the Scream movies. Because Scooby-Doo? Yeah. <laughs> Because the long game, it's all about the long game and the series of Hollywood connections that need to happen for that to happen. No, I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with Buried, which is really just piggybacking on your answer, Megan, because I am grasping at straws today. Oh, you're having a bad Monday. The case of Mondays. It's a week, that's for sure. How about you, Zena? You know what? A a lot came to mind. I feel like uh, this is something I always think about in my own personal life. So, um... Immediately what came to mind is open water. Like I know that that kind of stuff happens. Like I just, I can't do it. And then with the way some fans are these days, misery wouldn't surprise me. That was too. Yes. Wouldn't surprise me there. And um, I was actually going to talk about this movie today, but then I had something else, but Pacific Heights with a horrible tenant. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen some stuff, guys, you know, so I don't know. There's, there's just so many that's, that's out there. And, you know, that's what makes horror magical because it could be real, you know? It could. Yeah. Watcher was on my list. Green yeah. Room. Uh, the oh. Hitcher. Yeah. So many. Threads. If mm-hmm. we want to get real scary. The so, Strangers. Yeah. Creep. Like, just yep. keeps going. Yep. I uh, I could have lived without thinking about misery right before I go to my first ever horror convention. That Sorry. Been... <laughs> well, I mean, if if you're not hey everyone, show, if John's right? not here next week, oh, you know what man. happened. I can't do that to you. I'm not going to be here next week. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think <laughs> something actually happened to me. That oh my god! Still recorded yeah. though. Like what? Like, I gotta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll still be in Long. Yeah, I'll be in Long Beach still at Midsummer Scream. So if anyone's going to be at Midsummer Scream, I have a, a live performance on Friday and a panel on Saturday. Otherwise, I'm just going to be wandering around because I'm there for four days. I don't know what to do. I've never been to a convention before, like ah. a horror convention. I know gonna I'm going to be super overwhelmed and scared. Don't be. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Supposedly last year, 40,000 people went through there. Wow. 40,000. Now, granted, this year with the strikes, who knows what's going on? I think they've had to juggle a lot of stuff just because of that. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. We'll mm. have fun. Yeah. Speaking of awkward but interesting, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. 
And you know her from a YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infant love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to hook around the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, welcome back, Zena. I don't know. How did Yay! we not say welcome back? I think it was because oh. you weren't actually gone. You just had a b- bad Wi-Fi connection, so we it couldn't was, record. Yeah, it's been like extremely rainy, and it's raining now, but luckily oh. things have been good, you know? Yeah, knock on wood. Send some rain my way. I need just it. Just take mm. it. Take all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's been filling your heart since we've been gone? Oh, my gosh, so much stuff. Uh, but you know what? I was going to cheat and just talk about some old stuff that I watched two weeks ago. But I said, you know what? That's no fun. That's no challenge. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll just talk about this. I, I decided to watch some stuff that I was really digging um, when I was a kid. So it's been like literally years since I've seen it. So I wanted to see if they still hold up. I mean, I still think they're a good time. So the first thing I checked out, Bleeders uh, from 1997 on DVD. There's a man with an unknown disease. He travels to an island with his girlfriend. Well, his wife, girlfriend, whatever. And so then where his relatives once lived. And he's hoping to find a cure for his illness, you know. And it's said that all, you know, all his relatives are dead. But, you know, he's hoping that there's something or someone that knows anything, you know, because it's he's like really sick, you know. <laughs> he just doesn't. I'm sorry. That's not funny. But it kind of <laughs> is like it's a, like he's really sick. He doesn't understand it. So then he finds out this is in the synopsis. So it's not a spoiler. His family's alive, but they're like these little gooey, tiny monsters. Like they, they look like if you bit them, like green goo would pop out of them. I don't know why you would bite them. But, um, yeah, it was just one of these I like that you jumped to it, though. You know, when I was a kid, I was really obsessed with this movie. And it was because, like, the monsters are really creepy looking. Like, still to this day, you know, they creep me out. And uh, this was one of Dan O'Bannon's, one of his last uh, scripts that he wrote. So, which I thought was pretty cool, you know, one of his last screenplays. And it is based off of uh, H.B. Lovecraft uh, story, like The Lurking Fear loosely Mm. you know so anyway um yeah so if you oh also you guys like midnight mass so this kind of it feels it kind of feels like midnight mass like the setup because it's on like this isolated island so i thought that was really cool you know Mm. but yeah this movie it spends a lot of time i'm not gonna lie um there's a lot of like steamy sexy scenes and i know it's like girl you were watching this as a kid yeah but i wasn't watching it for that this makes sense because I need to go revisit it because I watched this as a kid and everything, my entire movie taste as a kid was defined by if there's monsters in it. And yes. the, the cover box for this was incredible because it was VHS and it had one of those plastic sleeves on the outside. Mm-hmm. So it looked like bloody, like it was liquid. It was like that yes. layer of liquid. Oh, yeah. And it was so, yeah, the pink cover with mm-hmm. the faces of the little monster grublins, and then it was bloody. And I'm like, yeah. this is going to be amazing. It's going to be Monster City, party time. Yeah. yeah. And then I watch it, and I'm like, there's sex and incest. This is it not was, for me. It, it was insane. And what's crazy <laughs> is, it's just like, my mom let me watch it. She did. Well, she, 
she didn't know. Yeah. Say that so, we, we, our parents would have gotten along because my parents were very much the same. Like, yeah, yeah whatever. They were like, whatever. And it's like, but I swear guys, I would fast forward past those scenes because they were long and it was just like, can we right? not like, that's what, that's what it felt like. That's my childhood memory of this yeah. movie is that it, it did not live up to what this glorious cover box promised me. There, there are monsters, in, but I don't remember them. I remember oh, this they, whiny guy was, and this girl why do you want to be married to this incest sick boy? I don't understand. My thing I don't is, understand. Before we even found out that his family was gooey creatures that live underground <laughs> snatching up dead bodies, he was so whiny. I understand that you're sick. Right? But can you relax? Like, there's a scene where he's like, ah, I'm just so hungry. And so she gives him a sandwich. And the way he stuffs it in his I just wanted to fight him. Because it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, did you even ask her how was her day? Like, you're just care Like, all he cared about was himself, okay? Yeah. But yeah, um, trigger warning. Yeah, there, there's 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 incest. <laughs> 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 I don't want people to watch it and then they're looking at me like, and like, okay. Nina, what? <laughs> I, I wonder if this is, this is how it is with, with you guys. So like, you know, um, you know, we're all married. And so it's like, you know, the cool thing about being married is you get to show your significant other things that you really adored as a kid. Or it's like, hey, I really love this movie. Man, my husband watched this with me and I know he was judging me because it's just it's like, <laughs> yeah, this movie rocked my life. When I was 10, I used to watch it all the time. And he was like, really? And yeah, so, but you know what? I, it is cheesy. probably reversed, right? There's probably movies that your husband shows you and you're like, mm, no. It's, his stuff is just more like, um, <laughs> ninjas doing the impossible, but it's not that <laughs> bad, you know? Like it's really, I like that subgenre. Yeah. But no, um, again, if I don't, I'm okay. If you don't mind certain things, um, like you know, incest, uh, of viewing it on the screen, which you should, what? But okay, if you like gooey monsters, that's a better one. I didn't say that. That wasn't me. That was John. John <laughs> <laughs> like I've been working monsters. on my Xena impression since you've been gone. So. <laughs> You're doing amazing. It is. I'm yeah. good at this. If you do like gooey monsters, I recommend checking out. Crazy thing is, too, I actually had to get a uh, get this DVD copy from my mom mm. when they came. My parents, my family came to visit like two weeks ago. And so there were certain things I had on my list. And she always had, she, this is the same copy I would watch. It costs like $70 for a copy of this movie. And I'm like, what? Because at first, you know, I was going to like, yeah, treat myself. But for what? Oh, no. What yeah. if I need it? You know? That's the out of print. Once the yeah. DVD goes out of print, you buy them for obscene prices secondhand, and it's annoying. It's crazy, but yeah. I don't um, think, while we're at it, internet, as if they're just going to magically grant our wish, somebody used to put out the My Super Psycho Sweet 16 trilogy oh on DVD, gosh, right? Yes, With Blu-ray. Like, what the heck? Yeah, we, we got incest movie. Bring that back. <laughs> yeah. You can bring this one back if you want. Um, but yeah, uh, again, if you just trigger warning, that's what's in the movie. There's cool looking monsters, though. I will say that. And it's like anybody can can get it from these monsters, like get eaten from like by them or whatever, because they were like kids, man. They were getting sucked in holes and just getting <laughs> nibbled on. But yeah, this is the 90s. <laughs> 90s for a fun so yeah sounds like and so many trigger warnings actually yeah go yeah, on for is. bringing that back into xena's life 
but I mean, I, it brought me back to my childhood. It made me feel yeah. cool rewatching it. And then yeah, another another movie I just rewatched uh, because, again, this one I haven't watched in maybe 10 years because I used to have a copy, but I can't find it. But, you know, um, I'm borrowing this from a friend and he's never getting it back. Uh, so this is <laughs> <laughs> this movie called Terror Tract um, from 2000. I watched it on DVD. When it comes to this movie, it's sometimes it'll be streaming. And if you haven't seen it, you'll want to watch it ASAP because for some reason it'll just disappear. I remember years ago, it used to be available on, maybe it was on Netflix or I don't want to say maybe it was on Peacock. I don't even remember, but then it just, it was only up there for less than like a month or if, if even just that. But uh, this is an anthology horror. And basically it's about this real estate agent who is, you know, he's trying to sell a home and he's really desperate to sell the home, but you know, you have to tell the people if something happened in the home. And so the the neighborhood seems okay, you know, at first, and the homes are beautiful, but um, there are three tales and something terrible happens with each one. Um, there's one with these murderous lovers. Uh, there's one with an evil monkey that is pretty cool. That used to be like my favorite. And also there's a serial killer grandma, which, you know, we love to see it. So yeah, it's, it's a great neighborhood. I don't know about living there, but it really, um, it felt like, a an episode from Tales from the Crypt, you know, it's like a dark comedy type of tone. And again, if you like, like anthologies, I think that you'll enjoy this one because it's fun and there's some creepy stuff. And then I really love like the wraparound story. Um, in it. So yeah, I highly recommend checking it out. Awesome. Nice. I'm going to go ahead and keep the ball rolling because I did not talk about your pick last week, Zena. I, I wanted to save that for you. you I, I just want to say that it was brought to my attention that the technical difficulty uh, episode that we had that we missed half of, mm-hmm. the part that got cut off was our assigning you. Oh, oh, they didn't even realize that I, what I'd been assigned. Oh, yeah. Geez. So last week, you know, somebody was like, wait, what? I don't remember you assigning that in the first place. Ah, oh, I didn't ah. even think about that. I'm sorry about that yeah. listeners. So yeah, what I was assigned two weeks ago when I, I I'm just going to go ahead and assume it was my fault because it was my audio that got lost. Uh, it was ginger snaps too, obviously that I, I talked about last week. And then mm-hmm. is it, is it pronounced Calvair? Yes. 2004's Calvair. Title too. Yeah, uh, there was another title too. It's on Shutter. It's C A L V A I R E. Uh, for those of you who want to go see it for yourselves, and we'll find out <laughs> after I talk about it if you still want to. Mark, a traveling entertainer, is on his way home for Christmas when his van breaks down in the middle of a jerkwater town with some strange inhabitants. I just like the synopsis said jerkwater town. Jerkwater is a phrase I or a term I've not heard. Backwater I've heard. I've, I've heard, heard jerkwater, not in reference to like France though. <laughs> we learn new things every day. Yes. All right, Zena, why this one? This one is one of those movies that really stressed me out. Mm. Um made my armpits sweaty. It was on a list about, you know, a couple of months ago that I did. It just it's just one of those movies that stressed me out. And so Every once in a while for a little razzle-dazzle, I like to recommend it for people, certain people, certain special people like yourself to check it out. I am both honored and uh, feel a little sad that you wanted to share this with me. I'm sorry. Uh, No, it's, you know, 
it, it definitely goes on my list. I should just have like my own side list of movies I never would have watched if you guys hadn't assigned them to me. This is one of them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have got through the first five minutes. I wouldn't yeah. have gotten through like any of it because watching it, I was kind of like, "Wow, that first five ten minutes was weird." Mm-hmm. Uh, never really seen that in a movie before. Just awkward. Um, then you get to the town. the The entertainer gets to a town. He's he's driving, and uh, things don't go well for him at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you think so? I didn't really it wouldn't really be giving things away to kind of give like the context of what the filmmaker was trying to do here. Would it, was that giving away kind of the idea um, or I'm I, hesitant? Cause I kind of yeah. feel like, you know, I like, would not. Okay. Cause I, I think, yeah, I think um, there are some people too, where it's just like, cause you know, they, they hear about it, they think It's just like, Oh, it's just, you know, it's going to be similar. Cause it's someone I recommended. They're like, Oh, it's going to be similar to Saul. And it's just like, is it? It is not similar to Saul. <laughs> yeah. It's not similar at all. So it's just kind of like, even with the trailer, the trailer does not, in my opinion, doesn't any type of justice at all. This one was what to expect. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that there are horror movies that can compare even to the subject matter that they're going for or the metaphor that they're playing with within the movie and like the the whole what if sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but just the, it was, it was almost painful mm-hmm. watching the actors performances. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like every single person was in pain. As they were doing it, not just the parts that were literally painful, but they all seemed so sad and tired and depressed. And it's a bleak, bleak movie. It really is. There's a lot of times where if you don't have the the will to sit through Mm -hmm. it to the end, I would have turned it off because I was like, all right. You know, like he gets to the like he walks by the farm and I was like, I don't need this in my life. And in some ways, too, it's kind of like, I mean, I feel like it's a horror movie, but I've met some people where it's like they don't feel like it is. Because I saw it's that. Yeah. Some people dark. were arguing. Yeah. Like, and I, I, and I, I understand, you know, I, I get it, but it's just, it, yeah, I, I haven't seen anything like it. And it's just one of those movies, again, that stressed me out. I think I only watched it once and I will never watch it again. So, I mean, I would almost argue then, OK, so is Misery not a horror movie then? I even hear some people say that. I mean, I don't feel that way, but there's people, they have like arguments. I think and... some people have this mark of there has to be some element of supernatural involved that to make it horror. Like there has to be something like magic demons, ghosts, something like that. Maybe that if it's literally grounded in the real world with no supernatural mm-hmm. aspect, but things just get bananas, then they're like, no, it's a thriller. Cause it's just people doing this. Like, yeah, but this is horrifying. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much the definition of horror at that point. That it's it's rough. It's a hard watch. It's a it's a well-done hard watch. Like mm-hmm. it didn't it wasn't holding your hand through it. It wasn't giving you a break. It wasn't yeah. like, okay, the audience needs a breather here. Like it was it was It's on shutter. So if you're looking for something to kind of push probably what you're traditionally used to watching as far as horror is concerned, or you like that grounded in reality, almost thriller esque versus horror, like kind of treading that line, go check it out. Especially if you're into French horror, the French are messed up. 
Like, hey, they made <laughs> French fries and, you know, they, they've, they've, they've done some good things, but, oh, man. Some hey, they, didn't, they didn't do French fries. We just they call didn't? them that. He, what? You said that? I didn't the, the French make French fries. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm going to Google it Yeah, now they're called pommes frites. We just call them French fries, but they made them first. They're Are frites. sure it was them oh. and not like. Yeah. Uh, dis, uh, they don't know. It's disputed origin, Belgium or France. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see Belgium. Okay. I was, yeah, I'm like, I know for sure this is a very European thing, but I don't know if it was, fr- we definitely just dumbed it down with French fries. Yeah. But anyway, that's a whole tyrone. Freedom fries would be dumbing it down. Come for horror and food. We got you. Yeah. So uh, France, you know, what are you going to do? Uh <laughs> So I decided to roll it into something a little bit different. I was going to watch some of the movies that I bought from the rent, the video rental store that went out of business, but Tubi let me know that some of my movies on my list were going away. So I was like, yeah. ah, I got to watch something. So I watched 1988's The Destroyer on Tubi. A prison riot breaks out at the moment of a serial murderer's execution by electrocution. 18 months later, a team of filmmakers converge on the prison to film a women in prison exploitation flick. (laughs) (laughs) The giggle at the end. A little maniacal. You need to be wearing your mad scientist coat right now. This is so my jam. It's so cheesy and goofy and weird, but earnestly done. Like they were trying to make a horror movie. Lyle Alzado is the bad guy. For those of you who are not familiar with that or not football fans, Lyle Alzado used to be a very terrifying football player, I think, for the Raiders. Who's the Raiders? Not the Steelers, I think, back in the day. Passed away from, like, steroid complications. Um, he does a good job as a serial killer, as the, as the quote-unquote destroyer. The weirder thing is that Anthony Perkins also stars in this movie as the movie's director. And it's like, wait a second. Is that... Was it Anthony Perkins? What is... All right, sure, why not? And he's good in it. Like, he's Anthony Perkins. He's a good actor. Like, he is... He does what he can with the material. And then also uh, Clayton Rohner, who I really like because I've talked about it before of loving G versus E or Good versus Evil, the short-run series, which, speaking of what we were talking about earlier about movies they need to go back on... Or things they need to be on DVD... They need to re-release G versus E. There was 22 episodes. I think that justifies it. And I can only find one site that has it. And they're selling all 22 for like 25 bucks. And I feel real weird about giving them my personal information because I can't find it anywhere else. It seems weird. They're only charging 25 bucks. But But those of you also might recognize him. He was Tom Sizemore's partner in The Relic. He was the other police officer. He was in April Fool's Day. He was one of the goofy, like, friends who's always making jokes. But it's it's a schlocky, almost meta, but not, because it's like movie within a movie sort of thing. Um, it's just cheesy, people die, fun ways, and you don't take it too seriously. And it's, just, it's a great background movie. I would absolutely turn this on when I'm just trying to get some work done. Um, it's fun. Check out The Destroyer. And I have to say this because I love the movie so much. Deadstream is now available on Blu-ray and I picked up a copy. It is available. I think it's only available on walmart.com. I'm assuming the steel book. 
Yes, the steel book. I know the steel book is okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yes, the regular so DVD is available on Amazon, but the Blu-ray that's got the commentary, it's got bloopers, it's got the behind-the-scenes special effects. I'm <clears throat> about halfway through listening to the commentary, and I'm really, you know, <laughs> Zena, when like when you were talking about <laughs> all the incest, <laughs> I was just thinking, like, what what was the filmmaker thinking? Like, because there's reason for the the filmmaker to make this movie and the actors to portray the roles the way they were supposed to. But it also made me think of Deadstream, like listening to director's commentaries in general. And then you kind of get insight into a character where like, oh, like that. I like that. Like, I like it even more. Like one of the things they comment about on Deadstream is that they were very conscious that uh, the main character wouldn't have a helmet on. Sean wouldn't be wearing a helmet with the GoPro on it. It had to be a headband because the headband made him seem more vulnerable than a helmet would. Oh. It's like, nice like that level of detail it's like they were really thinking about what was going on there and like put it in the movie and they shot it in like seven days wow yeah and like just talking about how hard some of the scenes really were to film i thought it was really cool and you're supporting a, a really fun filmmaker who you know him him and his partner also were involved in vhs 99 it's like 30 bucks go buy it it's good stuff it's a good buy all right enough of me how are you megan movies they're great yeah. <laughs> That's it. Now, um, Fantasia International Film Festival is underway, so I have been watching some screeners here and there. Um, I watched Blackout, and mm. that is Larry Fessenden's new movie. Larry Fessenden is longtime independent horror mainstay, kind of a pioneer when it comes to independent filmmaking and horror. Um, this one, it follows a fine arts painter who is convinced he is a werewolf wreaking havoc on a small American town under the full moon. I feel like that synopsis that was pulled from imdb is kind of that kind of sums it up and kind of doesn't um this stars alex hurt who i didn't realize until a good portion of the movie when it started showing actual photos of you know you know how they'll they'll take photos from an actor's youth like family mm -hmm. photos to kind mm -hmm. of you know for realism well Alex Hurt's dad is William Hurt. So it was like, oh, nice. Seeing William Hurt in photos made me do a, you know, split uh -huh. take. Like, what is happening? Um, that's yeah. why. Anyways, so it is, you know, last movie that Larry Fessenden did was Depraved, which is available on Hulu, I'm pretty sure still. Mm -hmm. And that one is kind of his take on Frankenstein. This one is kind of his take on Wolfman. And it is a fine artist in a very small town and it's less to do with him i mean it is about him but it's more what happens when you have a werewolf wreaking havoc and piling up dead bodies over the full moon when you know you're in a small town and what how does the small town react so it's almost like this hangout movie where you're kind of drifting in and out of all of these different characters and some of it's absurdly funny because it is very small town hangout movie. So he's walking on a mission and passes by two racists mm. rednecks who are like plotting to trap, you know, they, they think that the Mexican in town is responsible for the murder. So then they're plotting how to destroy him. And, and it's like all of these different insane kind of conversations happening that pile up. Um, so it is very independent. It's definitely, if you've seen Depraved and understand Larry Fessenden is not going to give you a very commercially friendly, straightforward take on a classic horror movie monster, then this might be for you. If you don't really like a lot of dialogue or just kind of 
small town vibe hangout movies, then it might not be for you. I, I really like seeing how he approaches things. I also really like how he shoots things. This, this has almost like a documentary style to it. It, it, just the way he's holding the camera and drifting in and out of their lives. But also, I don't know about you guys, but I have a hard time these days seeing a lot of movies especially horror movies, you know, which relies on darkness. And then I can't make out anything that's happening on screen. Uh I feel like that's becoming more and more prevalent. And this was so refreshing because it's an independent, a truly independent movie doesn't have distribution yet. Uh, And I could see everything clear as day. Like there's this really glorious shot of the wolf man just kind of running in a field under the moonlight and it's gorgeous i can see it i can see what's happening the entire movie when the werewolf attacks and kills people i can see it mm-hmm. um so you know <laughs> Larry he's been around and knows what he's doing um and also speaking of woods with clarity that i could see and appreciated i also watched lovely dark and deep um that one is the directorial debut by Teresa Sutherland who previously wrote on Midnight Mass and The Wind um the director for The Wind is Tammy uh no Emma something I cannot remember the director of The Wind's name I apologize but she's doing Five Nights at Freddy's so both of these ladies who did The Wind are doing stuff and making more horror and I love that um but this one stars Georgina Campbell um from Barbarian and Bird Box Barcelona she plays Lennon a new backcountry ranger like deep deep in the national park, she uh, just accepted a position um, that she's long waited for. It opened up to take up a remote post and uh, she's got ulterior motives. She's got a personal reason why she's so desperately wanted this park ranger gig, but almost right away, uh, unreliable narrator kicks in some strange stuff starts happening. And then it goes full blown like cosmic horror. Mm -hmm. Um, It is if you couldn't tell, the name is inspired by Robert Frost's um, very iconic poem. You know, the woods are lovely, dark, and deep. Um, so it is very much kind of like that poem in a way where it's very almost like a dreamlike quality, like dream logic. Uh, I do think the story is kind of pretty straightforward. So I don't think it's quite quite as vague or as twisted as it probably wants to be, but it is really gorgeously shot. Uh, Goes to some pretty interesting places. And yeah, if you like, kind of reminded me of like sauna. I don't know if you've ever seen sauna, but it's kind of like that a little bit and that it's a very like cosmic horror vibe type movie. So both were vibe movies this week. Can't wait. And on a side note, I would also like, people to make movies where i don't have to use subtitles for english speaking movies Uh, all the movies are so dark and i can't understand what anyone's saying anymore and i feel like this old old man until i found out basically everyone watches tv with subtitles now and that makes me feel a lot better actually it's a habit yeah i don't know in a weird way Uh, all right before we move on what do we watch and how do we watch it so i checked out bleeders on dvd and terror tract on dvd and I watched Calvair, which was a, a Xena assignment from two weeks ago. It's available on Shutter. And I watched The Destroyer, which might still be available on Tubi, but they were taking it away. And I bought the the Blu-ray of Deadstream, which is available, I think, just online at Walmart.com. And they'll just deliver it to your door. 
I watched uh, Blackout and Lovely Dark and Deep at Fantasia. No release dates yet, but when that happens, we'll, we'll share. And I don't need assignments because I'll be out of town feeling very awkward in a sea of people. <laughs> you got this. You'll yeah. be fine. I'll survive, probably. And if I didn't, I got hobbled. And You can yeah. still podcast, and it's cool. That's true. I don't need to walk to do this. It is downstairs <laughs> in my house, but I can get one of those like gremlins chairs to just like go up and down the stairs. There you go. That's the spirit. All right. Enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So are there any? There's a lot, surprisingly a lot. Um, San Diego Comic-Con was this weekend, and you would have thought with the strikes going on that it would have been slow, but it wasn't. So this is, I basically plucked headlines that I thought would be more under the radar because Hmm. some of the bigger, buzzier news out of, you know, late last week and over the weekend, The Exorcist, um, the new movie, that, that trailer is playing in front of Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they released the posters for that. Um, they gave a tease and a release date change for Saw 10, which is now September 29th. And you get a first peek at John Kramer, which will further confuse the timeline. And that's part of this series fun. <laughs> I think there's a panel um, about that at Midsummer Scream, too. I got to remember to see that. There you go. So, yeah, a lot of happened. So basically, I basically plucked headlines that i thought were more likely to slip under the radar but no less like very fascinating to me starting with um we should get ready to return to ludlow maine and the pet cemetery this halloween with a prequel movie we knew that this was in the works a while ago but it's been pretty quiet so they're gearing up for a halloween season release with the um pet cemetery bloodlines it is uh, uh, Paramount Plus debuted the first look images to give a better idea of what to expect. Uh, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines will premiere Friday, October 6th, exclusively on Paramount Plus in the U.S., Canada, Latin America, and Brazil, and then everywhere else on October 7th. So, yeah, in the plot, it is um, this movie is set in 1969, where a young Judd Crandall has his dreams of leaving his hometown of Ludlow, Maine behind, but soon discovers sinister secrets buried within and forced to confront a dark family history that will forever keep him connected to Ludlow. Banding together, Judd and his childhood friends must fight an ancient evil that has gripped Ludlow since its founding and once unearthed has the power to destroy everything in its path. I thought the images were interesting because we get a look at uh, some cast members that I forgot about slash didn't know we're going to be in it like Pam Greer, David Duchovny and Henry Thomas. So yeah, this is kind of an unexpected prequel plot to just go back to the youth of Judd. And I think it's probably going to touch on some of those stories from the original novel. So we'll see. John, are you excited? You look very excited and nervous. (laughs) Uh, Prequels always worry me. I mean, I loved, uh, uh, Fred Gwynn's portrayal of Judd in the very first one. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that's you know, it's, it's kind of like Hannibal Lecter, not the same yeah. thing at all, but I, I don't want to know how he got there. I just like where he is. I don't need the yeah. backstory because it's not going to be, it'll be fine. But it's also like, he doesn't seem like he suffered so much trauma from the pet cemetery that he wasn't willing to introduce a new family to what was going on to it. 
So now we're potentially going to see something full of trauma and be like, wait a second, why would he show the new family about it <laughs> and at all? But maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe because I always felt like I agree. Like, why would you show them? Especially when he told that story about, and I'll never forget about the 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 story about Timmy Bateman. Or yeah. Bateman yeah. That guy yeah. giggle like when he came back. I hope that they please let him be a part of that. But yeah, I, I feel I like it has to be right. I hope so. Cause it seemed like he's seen some stuff, you know? So it's just like, I, I think he was trying to help. So maybe, maybe they'll, they'll show like a path of, you know, maybe there was someone who started off kind of normal and they lived a normal life being undead afterwards. Maybe. Okay. You guys are just, I lost you. Okay, no, no, no. Positive and hoping for the best with it, but yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I do like that. I mean, David Duchovny, Pam Greer, Henry Thomas. That's yes. those are pretty good gets. So, um, this one also might be. I feel like John would probably be familiar with this. Probably Zena too. But Lionsgate and BuzzFeed are bringing the creepy viral story "Dear David" to the big screen with a brand new horror movie, and the official trailer was released online last week. Um, it they're going to release "Dear David" in theaters on demand and digital on October thirteenth. It's a Friday the thirteenth in Halloween season this year. I love that. Um, so if you are, I feel like John's got to be familiar. I feel like we've probably talked about this a little bit before have. too. So yeah, but on August seventh, twenty seventeen, twenty seventeen. Geez, this was a while ago. Uh, popular cartoonist Adam Ellis began telling a story of how a dead child is haunting his apartment and is trying to kill him, and that mm-hmm. that went viral on Twitter. His first okay. tweet gained over fifty five thousand retweets and seventy six thousand likes. And it all began with his original tweet. My apartment is currently being haunted by the ghost of a dead child and he's trying to kill me, right? Uh, that, that started a whole really lengthy thread that was actually really creepy. I feel it like we was. all probably in 2017 were like mm-hmm. on the edge of our seats and he'd have pictures of creepy deformed and ghost kids. I'm sorry. He was just there like it was normal. Like it just having a cup of coffee and there's a dead boy. And it's just like, what? But yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So in the film, the film synopsis, shortly after comic artist Adam responds to internet trolls, he begins experiencing sleep paralysis while an empty rocking chair moves in the corner of his apartment. As he chronicles increasingly malevolent occurrences in a series of tweets, Adam begins to believe he is being haunted by the ghost of a dead child named David. Encouraged by his boss to continue the Dear David thread, Adam starts to lose his grip on what is online and what is real. Based on the viral Twitter thread by BuzzFeed comic Adam Ellis, so, uh, last thing before I kind of dig into my thoughts on this, um, John McPhail directed Dear David, and he uh, did Anna and the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So I'm very happy that he's got a nice, you know, commercial studio movie. I will say though that I watched the trailer. I don't know if either of you have, and I was really kind of surprised that they're going with the. I thought that they would do a movie based on the story, not about the author creating the story. Mm-hmm. So. It's got this whole influencer vibe thing that I was not prepared for. I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Um, I mean, I remember the story. I, I I can't say that I read all the tweets, but I remember it. Or I couldn't like tell you verbatim like how the, the story went. But yeah. I remember it. And I remember thinking it was another example or it was one of those rare examples for me of horror understanding its medium perfectly. And that story existing on Twitter the way it did was perfect. The way it's yeah. delivered, because you only, it's, especially at the time, you got 156 characters. 
you right. only could share so much information at a time. And, and if you stopped updating, people were just left on the edge of their seat waiting for the mm-hmm. next one. It's like oh, yeah. Marble Hornets doing Slenderman. Like the way that they were able to tell that story without trying to shoehorn in a plot line or, or whatever. Or uh, Blair Witch, the, the marketing for Blair Witch and the phone footage side of it where people thought it was a documentary. Like, so good for them for turning it into a feature. Like, support the creator. Like, awesome. Like, it's an opportunity for you. But it, it it's tough because now you're switching mediums from which the story was originally in and creating its own visual, like it just, it's just different. So I'm curious. I'm I'm not going to say I'm not going to watch it by any means, like cross my arms. Like, no, it should only be on Twitter. Um, Cause it might be really good. It might be entertaining. You know, it might be like lights out where it's like, yeah, the short was really good, but the movie wasn't that bad. Like the movie was pretty good, like for actually making a full length out of it. So who knows? I'm not super excited. I, I don't know if you can tell by my yeah. <laughs> attitude. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> I can totally, I can totally tell. Um, but the, I, I do have one that maybe Zena is excited for. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a remake of Witchboard is on yes! the way. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. It's from Dream Warriors and the Blob director, Chuck Russell. And they debuted very sneakily the teaser for Witchboard Remake at uh, San Diego Comic-Con's Bold Voices of Horror panel. So, yeah, it's sly news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con this weekend. But, yeah, based on the trailer that debuted, we can expect a very, very different experience from the 1986 original Mm -hmm. film. So here's the plot synopsis for the remake. Emily and her fiancé, Christian, discover a mysterious Wiccan artifact, a pendulum board, as they prepare to open a bistro in New Orleans' French Quarter. A darkness descends over Emily as she becomes obsessed with the board's power of divination and ability to summon summon spirits. Desperate to help his fiancé, Christian seeks advice from a local occult expert, Alexandra Babiasti? I don't have a clue. Either way... Um, Alexander has secrets of his own, including his connection to modern day coven of witches. A dangerous game begins as each swing of the pendulum puts Emily's very soul at risk. Did you watch the trailer? I did not. I just, because I, I, I have to avoid it, you know, because I start picking it apart, but I remember just keep on, I kept on reading about it once Bloody Disgusting posted it. I love everything about it. It's in New Orleans. There's witches. Who cares? Let's just watch it. I don't, I don't need to see the trailer. You know, I'm, I'm excited about it. Well, I did watch the trailer and it looks wild. It looks nothing at all like the original. I mean, I can see some like imagery from Witch Ward 2, but like Mm -hmm. plot, tone, all of it looks different. Um, There's no release date yet, but it does say it's coming 2024. Uh, it stars Madison Eisman, who was in um, Annabelle Comes Home, and I, I Know What You Did Last Summer, the reboot series. Uh, yeah, it like stars her. Aaron. Yeah, I like her. Um, Jamie Campbell Bauer, who recently played Vecna in Strangers 4, uh, season 4. He is uh, the occult expert that's doing the voiceover in the trailer. It also stars Charlie Tahan um, from Burning Bright and Super Dark Times, Aaron Dominguez, and Antonia Desplat. Um, Russell is directing. He co-wrote the script with George, uh, Greg McKay. And this is just, I want to, cause it amuses me. Um, and I find it interesting, but for reference, you know, this is this, we're calling this his return to horror because the last genre effort that he directed was 2002 Scorpion King. And then wow. before that, plus the child in 2000. So he, it, it's been a while since yeah. Chuck Russell, 
um, has been in horror. So welcome back, sir. Yeah. Zena, I got to say, I am impressed how much you've been able to stick with avoiding trailers and spoilers for horror movies as inundated as you are with social media. It's that's got to be exhausting. It's tough, but I, I learn to, especially sometimes when I'm doing some editing and I have to cut it, I'll mute the stuff and I'll mm. pick and choose. Or, you know, I have a husband and he, he'll, he'll <laughs> cut the stuff for me because I you love know, that. movies I really, really want to see. And this is one of them. So oh, that's so sweet. Teamwork Good makes husband. the dream work. And then you guys know how it is. Like when you really like when you're excited about a movie, like because I remember mm. I used to do this like years ago. I would just keep watching it and then I'll study it and I'll mm. pick things. And then when I yeah. watch the movie, I'm not surprised. And I kind of I don't know. It, it feels nice just going in kind of blind. Yeah. Mm. I found some trailers. Maybe it's just my brain. Some trailers seem like they're cut almost in a way where I remember the f- the beats more. Like some trailers I watch them and I'm like, okay, I got the general, the gist of like kind of what's supposed to happen. But others I'm like, I remember specific scenes when you're watching a movie and you're kind of waiting for a death or like an ax to swing or something like that. You know, Jason running up on the campers in the remake of the last remake of Friday the 13th, stuff like that. Um, See, I'm impressed. Good for you. Good for you for finding someone who would help you out that way too. Yeah, I have to. (laughs) All right, listeners, your turn. What kind of stuff do you think Fred Gwynn has seen? Like, not his character Jude. I mean, Fred Gwynn. But he's seen some weird stuff. He was Herman Munster. Should I have done better and reacted to Dear David like Xena did to Witchboard? I can't. <laughs> I can try. I can't. It'd be very disingenuous. You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number's also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena's going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? We kind of have a light week, um, which is fine by me. You know, there's, there's a lot going on. So on Friday, all these movies come out Friday the 28th, all in theaters. So first one, talk to me. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits by using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them unleashes a terrifying supernatural forces. That's supposed to be scary. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to keep on doing doo doo doo, so you know, okay. All right, then Haunted Mansion, it'll be in theaters. A woman and her son enlist in a motley group, a motley crew of so called spiritual experts to help rid their home of supernatural squatters. And then if you love Nicolas Cage, you may want to check this one out Sympathy for the Devil, this one also in theaters. Forced to drive a mysterious passenger at gunpoint, a man finds himself in a high stakes game of cat and mouse where nothing is as it seems. And of of course, Bloody Disgusting TV is available as well as Screenbox. Yeah. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy, or see me at Midsummer Scream in Long Beach. Uh, this Friday, the 28th through Sunday, the whatever date that is, the 30th. I don't know. That's not like a question mark after, you know? Yeah, well, I'll be I'll be hiding in the shadows. 
Aww. quietly. He's going to be, we're going to get so many photos of him at the life of the party. Yeah, on the dance oh, clear, oh, you know it. I am, I'm such a sandbagger. I'm going to go out there and just live my best life and let my hair down. And it's going to be gonna crazy. Be wearing some kind of horror wigs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sequined. I'll be bedazzled. Going oh, out karaoke. Are you kidding? Nothing but karaoke. <laughs> Nothing but Mariah the whole time, too. Yeah. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at BeDisgusting. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something blood. Bloody Disgusting.